and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. This is the show for Toronto FC fans talking all things, the highs, the lows of our beloved Toronto football club. Uh, in this episode, we get into award season um, uh, with this year's Waking the Red uh, Toronto FC Awards for 2022. Uh, we finish our end of season grading looking at Bob Bradley and Bill Manning and social media trolling. Is it uh, good to be doing that when you finish second last uh, to a team that uh, just bowed out in uh, the conference semifinals? We'll have a little bit of a chat about that. Um, as always, uh, my host, Jeffrey P. Nesker, is with us. We have no Mike Singh today, so uh, hopefully we'll have Mikey back next week. Uh, but, JPN, how you doing? How was your weekend, buddy? Oh, it was great. I was uh, up in Pembroke for a weekend helping my buddy record his uh, his fifth record. Uh, at a studio up there so you know got to play gopher got to play with cameras got to play with fun guitars and you know got to drink my face off in uh, in beautiful pembroke ontario so nice. lots of fun it actually we realized that it's been a year ongoing doing this sort of project uh, on the four and a half hour ride up hey some people go hunting we go record music in, in pembroke ontario so you know that's just what we do yeah hey man i feel like that's great like a, weekend. a- I feel like that's a healthier way to extend your energy. Mm, I don't think you saw the empties, but, but yeah, yeah, it's certainly, (laughs) it's certainly, I'm going to go with healthier, Mike. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Just uh, just take that and run, man. Take that. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. My weekend was good. Uh, I did my other job uh, during the weekend and uh, watch Forge take on Cavalry in the CPL semifinals uh, for those that are, Watching the CPL playoffs, they've been great so far this year. Uh, both semifinals uh, were fantastic. And obviously, it's great, uh, at least from my perspective, to see Forge back in another CPL final, which means I get to go to Ottawa uh, next weekend. Oh, nice. A, which Excellent. With, with nice. the team or of your own volition? Um, probably a little bit of column A, a little Col- bit of column B. A little bit sure of column B. Yeah, we're Amazing. not quite sure yet. Amazing. We'll figure it out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, looking forward to that. Um, and, yep. uh, hopefully it's three and four for forge. Uh, so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a really, really exciting time in, in the hammer. Um, plus we're looking probably getting a new mayor today. So that, uh, will be, interesting. Oh, so, so, so are we, so are we, I've got to go vote after I finish this. I'm not looking forward to it because timing has, uh, has created that wonderful situation where we've got to be with the other plebes trying to vote at rush hour. So that, yeah. that'll yeah. be great. And, I got my uh, this morning, so out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw your tweets this morning, or at least over the weekend. It seems you were quite enthralled with a certain uh, a young child in his Ghostbusters costume at the Forge game over the weekend. Oh, that yeah. being said, yeah. what a costume. Holy crap, oh, that kid. So yeah, yeah. Before we get into the show itself, I had to tell you that this kid had maybe one of the best costumes I've ever seen. Like, it, wow. like the, the picture does not do it justice. This kid's proton pack was phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> I was mad jealous of this kid yesterday. I'm just like that good parenting. Um, uh, <laughs> that's the only thing. That's your only get him a get get him a good costume, a good cosplay, or a good uh, 
Ursaz cosplay quest, uh, costume and, and parenting awards go out as far as yeah, exactly. absolutely okay absolutely good, good to know but good to uh, know. i'm throwing it over to you buddy we got these wtr awards i'm looking forward to this man because there's some there's some really good pieces we could take out of uh yeah yeah i mean i mean we never we got the timing right like twice out of the five years that we've done this and then of course since we've been doing this component we've got the timing right once so unfortunately this isn't going to be you know mitch mike and i in in suit jackets like it was the first time we did this with all kinds of video hits that that i made up and that's my fault um I, you know, I, I just haven't had the time to do it this year. But, but you know, what we're going to say is that we're going to do this half-assed in the same way as the club sort of played half-assed this year. So, you know, <laughs> the cause equals effect. Um, that being said, this is always a good time. It, it allows us to get uh, our hot takes out of the way, be as irreverent as possible, which if you follow WTR is one of the fun aspects of, of doing, being involved in that, in that circle, in that sphere. Um, and so this, this really allows us to sort of look back on the season. Unfortunately, there's a, there's a little bit of, uh, 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 inertia from off the back of two relatively terrible seasons already. Uh, but this is also the first year, several people at WTR, including yourself had a chance to vote. So, uh, we'll do it sort of by letting you drive and, and, and you kind of filling in the, the white areas, you know, uh, uh, or the gray areas in terms of why you chose what you chose and then and then see what kind of surprises it, uh, absolutely let's go uh, we it. can we can unearth so the first one's one of my favorites it's the dandy dickio seat cushion award for the best goal scored and this one was easy uh this one was super easy i guess start by telling us who you chose well i think everybody here chose crescito's volley i mean how could mm -hmm. you not really in the end yeah. of the day um yeah. you know i i have a personal sort of love for Jaden Nelson, sort of 40-yard steal-the-ball screamer against that was a good uh, RSL one. earlier in the year. But, I mean, I, I, the technique on that hit, I mean, it should have – to me, it should have been goal of the year. I think Joseph Martinez's um, uh, flying side volley was selected as MLS goal of the year, so this did not win. Um, but, I I mean, like, look, it's, it's, it's a thing of beauty. The cross is great, um, I believe, from Bernadeschi and the, the – the, the just sort of the audacity to just do that, yeah. right? To try, yeah. It. To even try it is is just obscene, and then to land it. I mean, you're not going to see a goal like that for another bunch of years. And you watch yeah. a lot of football, and I watch a lot of football. Uh, that's how special this goal was. So it goes as no surprise that just about every last person uh, polled, including the people in WTR. Of course, we only gave them one option, but 100% Domenico Crescito versus New England. You know, some of the best comments, we had Corey, Corey Brady come in and say, Crescito's left foot volley. If you don't think that it's amazing, go to your local pitch and just try it. You'll pull your hamstring like I did. And I think, uh, I think that's fair. I mean, this is elite level football. You could make an argument that this isn't something he tries in Syria. Uh, and uh, I, I could possibly be along for that argument, but you want guys that excel in the top tier leagues when they come to Toronto to let their freak flag fly. Uh, and it's not just exclusive to Toronto. I would say it's it's MLS wide. You want these guys to put, to try things that they wouldn't necessarily try, you know, uh, playing for for bigger clubs in in, in top tier leagues. And I yeah. think this is this is a definition, a dictionary definition example of, of such. Like what a goal, you know. And and uh, forget about any of the of the faff and the context, you know. Forget about the fact that this is a left back. Forget about age. 
that's a hell of a goal. And then it's just made even more special when you bring in all the other stuff. Yeah. And I think uh, it's just also the timing of the goal, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a tire. It's something that like, gets you back into the game. Like it was, it was a fantastic time to get that goal that it seemingly came out of nothing as well yep. um, in terms of just how the team was playing up until that moment. And then absolutely, uh, he just hits that. And I mean, I was at the, I was at the cottage that week. So I wasn't at BMO, but I was watching it on TV and uh, my in-laws, my family are around. Uh, yep. None of them are football people, right? None of them really <laughs> give a shit. Like they don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I, uh, I just he hits that volley, and I audibly went, ah! like you know, like that's yeah. one of those audible. Yeah, yeah, noises, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what's going on? And of course, like you know, you see it, and even they appreciated the fact that he hit that first time top and yeah. top in too, right? Like it's not a unbelievable, it's not a freak one. It's top in, so no. fantastic. No, no, there was. There was some venom in that. So congratulations to Domenico Crescito for winning this year's Danny Dicchio Seat Cushion Award for best. It will keep him around. He's not going to retire now that he's got that. Not uh, <laughs> um, now, this one is going to be tough only because pronouncing the guy's name is is a conundrum. But the next note is the or the next uh, award was the Paul Mariner Best Finish of the Modern Era Award for the worst goal conceded. Uh, I voted for, of course, Ricky uh, Pooch. And uh, that dagger in the 89th on the August 31 final name in the cop final nail in the coffin uh, of the playoff hopes. I uh, got a little cute and I said it was when LA Galaxy's new slash other former Barcelona man mercifully ended our stretch one playoff hopes. I know you voted differently here. So uh, explain yourself. I did. I did. I went with what I think a lot of people will end up. And there were some really good shouts in here, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people had uh, Puerta's uh, hat trick goal uh, in Atlanta, you know, yeah, that back on three headers uh, hat mm-hmm. trick, uh, which is embarrassing in itself. Um, some people picked a San Jose equalizer at home um, earlier in the season. I went with squid hands. I went with yep. uh, Alex Bono um, and just, you know, like it's, it's one of those goals where, look, it happens. Goalkeepers have clangers all the time. But that one, just the the way it happened, when it happened, um, the fact that TFC were actually playing well up until that point uh, in the game, uh, it just, it like, you could just see the momentum and the team just deflate afterwards. Yeah. And it was, and they yeah. just couldn't get it back. And, and, and that, to me you know, it killed the stretch run. Like that was yeah. the moment because they really need to go to Miami and get points um, yeah. in that match. And really after that, I really think that was, a, that was the point where the team, I think mailed it in. I think at that point they're like, we're not. Making yeah. It. And yeah. That, yeah. And one of, one of my, run. yeah. And you get the run yeah. that ends up happening to the end of the season. So that was my, and choice. it also, yeah, it also, it also unlocked God mode with that player, uh, Ricky Pooch, you know, like they had, they had brought him over and that was his first real, uh, goal action for the team and then of course he was responsible for the galaxy stretch run into the playoffs i mean obviously they didn't do as well as the fan base and 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 the front office and the team would have hoped but it certainly had a had an inverse effect on their season than it did on ours uh i'm happy to tell you that uh my shout got 21 percent of the vote uh juan Parata at atlanta united strangely enough only three percent of the vote i figured that the fan base would have been more upset at a center back hat trick off uh, offset plays and headers, but there you go. Um, the winner was your shout, uh, Jean Mata at Inter Miami, and I believe that's not the last we'll see the Squid Hands goal come up in no. these awards. So no. congratulations, Jean Mata. I mean, 
slate. Congratulations. Yeah, but, there, uh, but yeah, you win the, uh, the Paul Mariner best finish of the modern era award yeah. for 2022. Can I make a quick shout out for sure, the third place here, which is Kai Absolutely. Kamara's goal against CF or uh, for CF Montreal against uh, Toronto FC at BMO field. Mm-hmm. A lot of people pointed to that as the season killer or the playoff run killer, just because of the way Chris Bavinga got sort of manhandled by Kai Kamara on the goal. That yeah, we, yeah, talked, yeah. we talked about it on the podcast. We talked about it um, on the tunnel club, but I, that was going to be my other choice. If I didn't choose uh, the squid hands goal, just simply because the manner which they conceded the two goal lead, just it, that one was that that's a backbreaker. Um, yeah, it really, really was. Yeah. It really, really was. Um, I'm weird about Kai because there's still a part of me that says, as long as he's playing, we're going to get him for a season. I mean, I think we may be the last MLS side to get Kai Kamara uh, for for a run of games. So, so Kai Kamara's going to play until he's like 45. Like he's, absolutely, like he's got, he's got absolutely. one of those freak youth genes that he can jump, still jump really well, still really strong, finishes really well in MLS. He can yeah. play as long as he wants in this league, and he'll get a contract. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would love to see him uh, put on a TFC shirt for a season. Maybe, maybe next season. Who knows? <laughs> he may win the best goal next season. Anyway, yeah. uh, third, third uh, award is one of my favorites. It's the Victor Vasquez Flamenco Dancer Award for best play. Uh, of course, I went with Bradley's uh, number nine, uh, which was uh, Bradley's stint as number nine during the Charlotte game. I thought nice. that was unbelievable. Uh, we're getting, I've, I've got to do my due diligence here and start hiding uh, block porn users in our chat, which is always <laughs> fun. Um, who did you choose? Uh, I went a little bit differently. It's a fantastic goal. Obviously, the build-up play to that goal is probably... Oh, you, you cheated. You did two. You had two I, shouts. I, I did do two shouts. Um, uh, I, I did cheat a little bit. So my first choice was uh, Oso's goal in Nashville. Uh, on Great the road, goal. the connection between himself and Richie Larea uh, down the down the flank. That's that's classic Richie to Oso, Oso being yep. the late one um, and, and slotting it. But I actually am going to put this goal over that one, and I'm actually going to take Jaden Nelson's 40-yard strike against RSL. Um, and, and for the simple reason uh, at, at that point, you know, it, it's a game in which it's easy for young players to hide uh, at yep. that moment, and instead he stepped up took the ball off Herrera, Fair. I believe. Um, and, and of course, he could have stopped, right? Because a lot of people were yeah. paying for a foul um, on that play. But he kept going uh, and just hit a lovely strike. And you wish you could see a little bit more of that out of Jaden. And not necessarily 40-yard screamers. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to see him shoot more and shoot with a little bit more venom. Um, so you're, you're hoping that he develops that over the next uh, into next season. But that will probably be my... I picked two. I'm taking that as my... I'm taking that as much cool, cool. I mean, it's impossible for me to choose any other than Michael Bradley turning back the years and 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 that unbelievable run and that tidy little finish. Um, the votes were pretty split here. Uh, at after the top, obviously, uh, yeah. my shout Michael Bradley wins with seventy four percent of the vote. Um, and then next up is uh, is uh, Jonathan Osario with ten percent, and your your shout Jaden only got four percent. So it was a bit of a split. Um, congratulations are in order to the general, to Michael Bradley, MB4. Uh, wonderful, wonderful strike. Uh, I mean, look at what this guy's got in his locker. Certainly, you know, if you add context, it's 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 a game that we'd already won. 
but you you can't overlook individual moments of brilliance like that, especially from a guy who's constantly getting told, you know, the the wheel of time is is breaking on him. Uh, this this felt like a vintage vintage Bradley surprise, uh, and and you know, long. I think we've already decided uh, in our hearts that you know we're going to see a lot more Bradders next year. So let's have another one of these, you yeah, know, well, as opposed I mean- to. Uh, a turnover that leads to goal action on the other end. Let's have, yeah, let's have a few more, have a little bit more of yeah. those. I mean, like I think yeah, the, yeah. what makes it obviously the move, the passing interplay uh, into the box, but it's the chip too. It's yeah. like, it's, it's the, it's the, Oh, you've got that in your locker too, right? 100%. Like, 100%. A lot of people probably would have thought he would try to side foot that or side. Of that course. Corner, but no, just a little delicate chip over the goalkeeper. Yeah. Fantastic finish. Yeah, proper striker instincts, you know, slowed down time in the box to make the right decision. Whereas, you know, many number sixes, uh, defensive midfielders, if they're in that position, are going to panic and and just try to slam it in and go for power. So, I mean, that's that's why it's so special. Um, Into the negative again, we've got the Get Defoe Out of Here Award for Worst Play. Um, I went with... Just trying to remember. I, I kind of cheated a bit. I wrote, pick your goalkeeper gaff from this collection of hundreds or don't, period, maybe don't. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, the the lion's share of WTR staffers went for squid hands. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you, you went for something interesting, and I appreciate this shout. Uh, and so explain yourself with this one. Yeah, so with my choice, I went with uh, the the away game in Chicago, which I mentioned, I think, later on in the poll mm-hmm. as well. But I think this is actually the game where I knew for sure Toronto FC were not going to make the playoffs. So this is the game mm-hmm. just before the Charlotte game. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, it was just, it was maybe the the, the worst performance of the season. I know we lost four nil to Orlando and a lot of people are going to pick that as the worst performance. Yeah. But I think, I think this one was terrible just because it was heart. It was kind of heartbreaking to watch this team was never in it against a team that wasn't that good. Um, Absolutely. uh, Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. But Duran Duran just absolutely running circles around Chris Mavinga was, uh, I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, getting torched by him twice um, essentially on what is essentially the same kind of play. Um, well, it speaks. It speaks to, to the to the fear. You know, he's our he's our speediest, paciest center back, right? And if he can't handle, you know, Chicago Fire, middle of the summer, for whatever reason, you know, there's a certain there's a certain existential crisis that I think we all felt that you're that you're communicating. It's like if we can't find a way against the Chicago Fire at this juncture. You know, what possible chances do we have? And it's interesting that the Charlotte game, which was the the beacon of false hope, was next up, right? I, I think the team felt it themselves. They had to get better. And, of course, it was by in spurts. You know, the Charlotte game was as much of an outlier as the Chicago Fire game was. But I agree with you. I mean, this was a tough game to watch. Uh, and it asked a lot of questions that we thought we had answers for. You know, it, it, it revealed some weaknesses that we didn't think we had to account for. Uh, on top of other weaknesses that we knew he had to account for. So I agree. It was it was a harbinger of doom. 100%. Yeah, and I think the, the frustrating part of why I, I ended up picking this goal is that essentially Chris Bavigo was beaten twice on this same exact play, stepping to yeah. a player that he knew he couldn't keep pace with, and he just spun him mm-hmm. and took off. And it's yep. just one of those things where I, I think on the second goal, I think it's just a look from, I believe, Shane O'Neill that was on the pitch. was like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you just... <laughs> 
one of yeah, those yeah. kind of looks and it was just that was the moment where i'm like this team isn't going to make it even yeah with, they're not going to find it they're yeah, not they're finding not a way it. even yeah. with lorenzo yeah. insigne coming in at that point bernadeschi i don't or i had been announced at that point or was it announced mm-hmm. that week um, he had, yes. so even at that point i'm like wow if they do make it it's going to be a, a miracle run um mm-hmm. but yeah that that's the game i point to a lot unsurprisingly you only got seven votes with that yeah, show no that's fair. uh 76 votes and 92 percent of the of the poll went to squid hands at inter miami as it was wont to do i mean yeah. you put that you put that in a poll it's gonna win uh and and i mean that goal was just bad uh yeah. it was it was really really bad and so deservedly uh alex bono uh wins the uh uh, the get the foe out of here award for uh, for the worst play of 2022. Um, this is an award that refuses to die and mostly because of me, but uh, the Seba things award best Sebastian Giovinco thing. Just it's cute. And, and I know he's been away from the club for a while, but it, he, he consistently brings us more Seba things. Uh, you know, there hasn't been a year every year. I think it's going to die. Something happens and we, and we have, have, an, we, have another we talked about a player work. more that doesn't actually play for our team. Like, I think deservedly. So okay. I think deservedly. So, um, you know, they're still talking about Alan Shearer at Newcastle and I, and you know, Seb is kind of that guy for us, right? Like yeah. they still talk about Thierry Henry and Patrice Vieira at my club, two points uh, clear at the top. Sorry for the draw over the weekend, but, uh, you know, Seba is on the wall of honor. No one is going to say otherwise. Um, and as long as he, you know, he, he's a Torontonian, he lives here. Uh, he's made, he's made this his forever home. So even if, you know, in 2026, the Seba thing award goes to the, you know, the, the, the Americano that he, that he ordered at Zaza that one of us witnessed, I think this award should never die. Just, 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 just for the, just for the shenanigans, um, you know, my shout was signing for Sampdoria instead of us. Just kidding. Uh, and yours was probably uh, the most prescient of the shouts. We don't open this up to polls, but it's, you know, we'll just get it out of the way. You said talking to the press. It helped me reaffirm my position that he shouldn't be re-signed by TFC. I applaud your honesty. Uh, I, you know, you def, when I, when I read through this as editor, I'm like, oh, he got, he gets the vibe here. He's not afraid to go, to go for the, for the unpopular opinion. And I think you're right. Um, you know, we've had years of this now, uh, where Seba, and it feels, it's impossible to not feel a bit arrogant, you know? Um, I did a spaces with Dwayne Rollins, uh, over, over the weekend, actually on the go train, uh, uh, to the first leg of, of this trip to Pembroke. And, and, and I want, I almost want to say, unfortunately, we brought up Mavinga's, uh, uh, recent Twitter, uh, cryptic, uh, thread of a thousand sorrows. Um, you know, Seba is just as guilty for, you know, I guess lessening that length between dirty laundry as a private concern to going public on all social medias. Right. And they played together and certainly, um, I don't like that this guy thinks that he can air his grievances in the court of public opinion as often as he does. You know, when you when you preach, uh, uh, it's all for the badge, and then do things that are absolutely sacrosanct to that. It's all for me. It's all for my eventual. And, and I'm not talking about Chris now. I'm talking about Seba. Yeah. Right. Um. It, it just it just it it screams of arrogance, you know, and and it also stokes this fire of a certain contingent of TFC land 
that are willing to ignore the last, you know, favorably three years of Seba's inactivity as a football player and still see him as the man to rescue this club from its own, uh, 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 rescue this club full stop. But that's why he you does know? it, right? Because he knows. Of course, that's that, why he does like, it. I might, that's why you say my opinion is an unpopular one because mm. it, it is because people would, would take him back in a second. Of, and I get, and I get why. Like, I 100% mm. get why. I, I almost want to see it happen just to well, shut that little, contingent up. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there's a little part of me also that's like, well, okay, you know, if he's standing over a free kick, you know, 20 or 25 yards from goal, okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Seven Nation Army's happening. It's here right, it comes. Like, I've waited exactly. a long time. But yeah. At the same time, I, I think we just have to remember that the for a lot of the people that want him back, their minds go back to 2017, 2016 Javinko. He's not that guy anymore, right? He hasn't like, been that not, guy in a long time. He hasn't been that guy in a while. And and you know, from from there's a reason he's not signed to a club at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's one hundred percent. So it, for me, it's it's just one of those things where I mean, I get it. He's going to talk to the press. He's going to try to use whatever angle to get himself another contract. I understand that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like either it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. And at this point, I just want to stop talking about it. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, and it won't stop. And and I think that that's why it's so dis, uh, so unfavorable to me. Like there should be a higher degree of... You know, it's just too convenient and it feels like a Hail Mary, a Hail Mary desperation pass. And it, you know, it is besmirching his legacy in some ways to the same degree as his exit, which was very acrimonious. Uh, 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 you know, it well, wasn't the best exit. probably the right word. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, long may the award win. Um, but considering that we didn't pull it, I'm giving it to you. Uh, you win this one. And uh, that's the best Seba thing of of 2022 season um the d rose john hancock award best goal celebration uh we've got quite a few um insignia shouts but i think the clear winner (laughs) is uh is my shout uh i said uh federico pulling a jawsmer and bowing to the crowd uh, you know, you got to love this guy. Uh, the awards are going to bear out just how loved he is uh, for, for you know, his half season in Toronto. Um, and this is the first example. Uh, uh, you went for uh, Cozy Thompson's goal celebration, so pure. And I agree. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Andrew Hawkenridge went for Ralph Prezio's slide. Uh, for his goal against Atlanta United, great knee slide, great. But knee slide. I don't, I don't think there's any argument here, and the polls bear that out. Yeah. Um, you know, Precio got 18 percent. Insigne versus Portland got 14 percent. Kosi, your show got five, but you know, Bernadeschi versus Charlotte got 62 percent of the votes. So it's fair to say that uh, Federico Bernadeschi takes goal celebration of the year. Uh, you know, he wins the the D Rose John Hancock Award for best goal celebration 2022 congratulations he's gonna win again because next up is the stephen cadwell quality award quality quality <laughs> award for favorite player uh, uh i got a little cheeky i said andrea Bellotti. come on it's Federico bernadeschi by a mile um and then we just basically use the rest of the column to link to tweets of all the fun stuff that federico bernadeschi <laughs> has done over the years you know, starting at the the T-shirt that uh, Primo gave away that I had to run around BMO to get because I refused to go home empty-handed. So you know, I'm sweating up, sweating my balls off, running from like gate three and a half all the way to gate one. Finally, find one, get it. You know, very very happy. 
Um, you know, you've got his English lesson, which is uh, which is an all timer in, in Toronto FC social media. Uh, you've got uh, you know what Annie Hart did for the Banner Factory to come on TFC, which is also also an all timer. Um, you've got uh, Bernadeschi uh, figuring out what shorty means and, and just mangling it. Another all timer. Uh, you know, somebody uh, uh, brought up the the him modeling for the for the. I'm going to say OVO again, or OVO you were again. Say OVO. OVO. Yeah, yeah, OVO. I was going <laughs> to, there you go. Um, and then someone even posted, you know, his his white suit uh, press conference leading leading the crowd who just met in a cheer. Um, you you just, just to be different, I'll go Oso, but you knew that this was going to, to oh, yeah. Federico. I, I, I get it. I, get, I mean, like you said, mm-hmm. how can you not like the guy? Like, right? Like, it's just one of those things where he has brought pure joy in a season that did not have a lot of those moments. Yeah, 100%. Uh, You completely understand why uh, people are gravitating to him in such a short period of time. I just went with Oso. This is more of a respect thing um, for a guy who's been a soldier for the club for 10 years, right? So, 100%. And and 16% of the vote agreed with you. Yeah, for sure. He was our best player this year. Like, Overall, oh, without question. He was our best player. Without but, question. I mean, without question. Fede, so, I have no problem with Feta winning this thing. You know, this is one of the first places that I'm going to stop for a little bit of a discussion. So we had 1% of the vote to Crescito, 16 to Oso, 83, screaming win. Stephen Codwell Award for yeah. favorite player goes to Federico Bernadeschi. Nobody brought up the $14 million man. And I find that interesting. Um, I don't know if I was surprised, but I do find it interesting. I it mean, is, yeah, interesting. language barrier, expectation, performance on the field, probably a collision of all three of those and a million other little variables. But that is the reality. Um, you know, he swooped in under the radar and won our hearts and minds. Whereas, you know, the guy that we did the significant, and again, $6 million is no slouch in MLS, no. but it's not $14 million a season. Do you, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm not surprised actually that Insigne didn't make this list or wasn't considered a a favorite player. I think the price tag is going to hang over his head a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a little unjust, but it is what it is. It is Uh, what it is. Exactly. And I, and I think that because he had been billed as the guy, for more than half a year since January, right? Um, I think that a lot of people expected right away. I guess they kind of expect like like his first like his first game. A lot of people have probably expected like a Pozuelo type of first game where everything just works out perfectly. And let's be real here, he was really good in that Charlotte game. Like he was fantastic mm-hmm. in that game, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what this town also really likes is people that they feel are relatable to them. And I think the fact that one Bernadeschi already came speaking a bit of English and was making efforts Important to point. learn English. Important Obviously point. that is it that is a bit of a PR move, but it's also a bit of a lifestyle thing for him, right? I think people mm-hmm. feel like they can connect to Federico Bernadeschi a little bit more than Lorenzo Insigne even though Federico Bernadeschi is also a multimillionaire, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I I feel like Fans feel like there is a bit of a barrier around Lorenzo. A pedestal. We and, put and, him on a and pedestal. Like, and some of that is real, right? Like, like mm-hmm. you've been to BMO. I've seen him around. Like, 
there is a barrier. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't access him like you could access Seba or Josie in town or Michael Bradley when sure, they're here. Sure. You feel like you can go have a beer and watch a Leaf game with Bernadeschi, right? You can't do that. No, I mean, he does all the time. Yeah, yeah. But like, you just feel like you can't quite do that with Lorenzo Insigne. And I think whether again fairly or not, I, I can't judge. I think it's a little unfair on Lorenzo, but. Mm. I think for a lot of fans that matters, and I think it reflects in in this poll. It's so interesting to me because we have a serious contingent of WTR lifers that are one hundred percent about the Italians. I mean, they 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 are very much of the bring Seba back, regardless. You know, let's turn the clock back and and live in twenty seventeen. And they were very 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 pro Insigne. Bernadeschi arriving. So to me, it was doubly surprising. I think the most surprising thing about this whole, how this all worked out was not only the writers sort of ignored uh, Insigne, you know, we didn't even appear on the poll, but we didn't get a lot of slap back in the comment section or in other avenues about how much we were ignoring him. So that to me communicated that this was kind of unilateral, which I found very strange. You usually have you know, there, there's the, this is an anonymous poll. You can be as contrary as you like. And the fact that nobody from all corners of TFC land, and again, I may be overestimating, you know, WTR's reach, but we've been at it for enough of a time that I think we get a proper scope of the, of the fan base. We never got any flack for this, which no. speaks to just how much Bernadeschi has ran away with our hearts and also gives me concerns moving forward. I mean, this this isn't how they drew it up on white on the whiteboard with no. respect to to how these players would hit. Um, so d- that that maybe speaks to to lack of planning. Um, yeah, yeah in the front office, thing. you know. Yeah, and I think I'll bring up one other thing here, and I think this might have contributed a little bit to this. There's two things. One, I think a lot of people thought Lorenzo Insigne underperformed. Mm-hmm. this season and again i don't think that's fair i think he actually played relatively well um but i also think that a lot of people were kind of turned off by the marketing um sure. of Insigne when he got here um whether you you know whether it was you know the the event in little italy or the documentary or you know all these things where you felt like lorenzo Insigne was kind of being pushed in your face Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in, in a sense, a lot of people see this as a marketing signing more than and resist and resisted like, the, yeah, re- yeah, exactly. And our yeah, kind of, they went for the hipster pick. Bernadeschi exactly. became the hipster pick and, and I guess Toronto's, uh, Toronto's fandom is a, is a lot of hipsters. So, you know, we overwhelming, uh, uh, hipster pick here, but it is interesting. Yeah. It is very, very interesting. Um, and uh, I think that's, that's as much as that. we should say on that. Yeah, I'll just leave this. I would love to hear from the the listeners. Um, you know, whether you're listening to this live or or eventually mm. podcast version, on what your thoughts on that, especially around that marketing angle well, around Lorenzo and. CD well, we've got we've got. Like there's a pushback. I mean, we've got Graham Reed here, and Graham said he's given us two comments. I'll read them both. I love Lorenzo and I don't mind his low-key personality with the fans media, but when you see him in picks videos with his teammates, he's always laughing and playing. And they followed it up with his teammates like him. And I think that's most important. Very true. Um, I think it's very important, um, but you cannot form and function cannot be separated here. 
cause and effect cannot be separated here, right? Like, if this is all great that his teammates love him, you could make, you know, you could make the argument that that's most important. But not in a room full of TFC MLSE brass, because this represents a loss. This re- this represents, um, you know, uh, less than what was expected in terms of the full court press that that signing Lorenzo Insigne and that caught co- that cost outlay represents. Right. You know, when you sign somebody for that kind of money and you spend that kind of budget on marketing the player, you don't necessarily expect something like this to happen where they're they're not. Uh, you know, top dog with respect to TFC and their and their influence in, in fandom and the media, right? I, not, I, I, this will be seen as a loss by in someone in that building, 100%. Yeah, I, I would be interested to see how this changes in next season. I think this will mm-hmm. drastically change next season. Um, one, because there will be more time for Lorenzo to perform. But I also mm-hmm. think that, um, you know, by then he might have learned a little bit more English. I think he might be a little bit more approachable from a media perspective. Um, and yes, Gary, like Gary's right. Like from a team perspective and on pitch perspective, that's the most important thing. Sure. But when you're talking yeah. about sort of, you know, this, this award, this poll is based on fandom. Right. And mm-hmm. part of the reason that Lorenzo was was signed was to market the club, get more people to attend games. 100% raise the profile of Toronto FC from a business perspective. And Right. If, if the guy that you signed, that was the I hope we get to sign him and then things worked out and you could ends up mm-hmm. being the face. I think that's still a win for TFC, but it just probably doesn't go quite the way they had, like you said, draw it up. On yeah. The yeah. And you're talking about people with binders and plans that are, that I would hope are discussed and labored over to the nth degree. Right. So it does suggest that something's not computing there. You always have to leave variables for chaos, but this was a relatively expensive cost outlay. And, and certainly it's not firing on all thrusters as evidenced by, by way, what we're talking about here. Is it a five alarm fire? Absolutely not. Is Bernadeschi a pleasant surprise? Absolutely. But like you said, it will be really interesting to see how the club utilizes both of these tools, both of these players signed for relatively the same span of time as the marketing push continues next season. Do we see less and less of Lorenzo? Does he become kind of like the silent, you know, moody, moody guy? You know, the Josie to Seba, or, or I mean, I guess the, the Seba to Josie, because at their, at the, at the, the top level of their, of their time together here, I think Josie was more, was more the media darling than, than Seba was. Um, that's debatable. Um, Andy at play offers, the only issue I find is how he conducts himself after matches. Sebed often goes to the dressing room versus sitting with teammates. He's had a tough year. I don't know if that's necessarily because he's upset or if, you know, he needs to get on the phone to consult family members and, and, and that sort of thing. And I, I really don't want to speculate here, which is why I kind of want to close the book on this, but it is surprising. Um, and it's going to, it's going to rear itself later on as we, as we tear through the awards. Um, uh, you know, Graham agrees with us. He, they, he can see TFC giving Federico a heavier burden in terms of club promotion next year, because you run, you run with the hot hands and, and yeah. certainly, that, and he's that's open to do what's it too, happened right? Like, there are of a lot of players is. that do not like doing public stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it is yeah. Like he may be he may be more agreeable to it than Lorenzo, and, and even and even Lorenzo that's fluent in English, he may be more open to doing it, and that's just simply personality based, right? Yeah. And who knows? Lorenzo may be happy 
to cede this responsibility and live on the pitch and let Federico do the Instagram and, 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 you know, all the other stuff who, who the hell knows this may be a happy accident, but certainly it gives you pause when you see it read out so expressly, you know, in, in a fan poll such as this, uh, moving on the Danny Cooperman's award for favorite opposing player. We got lots of different shouts here. Um, and, uh, I'll only go through the top two, uh, Ricky Pooch was in, uh, got 10% of the vote. Uh, Kamal Miller slash Alistair Johnston were sort of tied together because they play for Montreal. And I think that's fair in a TFC centric poll. They got 32% of the vote, which is surprising for a, for a TFC Homer site. Yeah. Uh, and we'll feed into segment three that we talk about later. has a lot to do with that too. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think it's any surprise that the favorite opposing player is our former number 10, uh, now Inter Miami's uh, number 10, Alejandro Pozuelo. Um, interesting with Alejandro that Pozuelo. Weird to me. That's weird to it me. It is weird to me. Because that's the guy we um, want to get rid of. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think we wanted to get rid of... Rid, I'm speaking for myself here. I don't think we wanted to get rid of him as much as we just realized it wasn't working. And this club has been so much on the other side of making those decisions quickly that we appreciated the quick decision. Um, you know, his, his words on the way out, did, did he do an Instagram goodbye or anything? I don't I think, think he did. did. No, I think he did. Okay. I, I can't remember. Because I remember, I remember telling my wife when we signed him from Genk, you know, all of that faff, you know, leaving Genk as their captain, uh, the way that he left. I said, we're hiring an assassin. So when it's our turn to be on the receiving end of the player leaving, I think we need to remember that this is this is an assassin. This is a hired gun who's not the, he's not the the Bernadeschi. Like he doesn't he's not you know he'll say nice things about the city he's in, but it's not you know he's here to play soccer and collect the paycheck. And when and when that road ends, he's quick to lace his boots up and throw all his clothes in a suitcase and get the hell out of town. And and I think we saw that. Um, he, you know, he didn't leave with, you know, kisses and, 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 you know, love you guys, et cetera, et cetera. The mood had soured, uh, uh, you know, and so it is surprising that he's our favorite, but, but I think the caveat here is that when we say favorite opposing player, it's, it's, it can be the guy you love to hate. So it's not about, you know, giving pause hugs. Uh, and certainly he wouldn't be up for him. I mean, his, his return to BMO with inter Miami was, one of the one of the least fanfare I've ever seen, you know, like his name was announced by the announcer and he, I think he pretended to not hear it. Uh, so. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to chalk this up as the guy you love to hate. Uh, I think most of the fandom was smart enough to realize that that it wasn't working out with Bob Bradley. Uh, the player needed to move for the player and the, and the club. Um, 38 percent is a respectable win. So, you know, Pazzo takes home one more TFC award uh, in 2022. Uh, and he wins the uh, Danny Cooperman's award for favorite opposing goalkeeper. Do you have anything any, anything to add on that? No, not really. I mean, I think that is it's a, to me a little bit surprising, um, just simply mm. because again, it was uh, it, it was a player that, um, like I said, a started lot the year, started the year with us, and also mm. wanted to not wanted to, but like we just realized we had to get rid of. Um, uh, I picked Tiago Almada from Atlanta because he tore us apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's sure the did. kind of player that I wish we had, um, but we don't yet. Um, we'll see if yeah. Lorenzo picks up because I feel like that he can provide a similar type of uh, play. But, uh, you know, that's the hope for 2023. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, moving on, the Stefan Fry Award for a favorite opposing goalkeeper. I got cheeky and I said our own goalkeepers two seasons running. Uh, you went super homer. You went you went with the job pick. You went uh, Tristan Henry, which I, be, I think is should be fair. up for goalkeeper of the year in the CPL. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dane St. Clair won. Thirty-seven uh, percent yeah. of the vote. Dane uh, Clair won because everybody wants us to try to trade for Dane Clair. That's why <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, I remember, you know, I remember watching the entire draft that year, uh, thinking that we were going to take him first, and we didn't. Uh, that was our opportunity to get Dane St. Clair. You we have knew a whole about podcast on TFC and draft picks because yeah, I mean, we knew we knew the potential then, and it was agonizing to watch because I was like. Hmm, we're already seeing a sharp decline in Bones and Q. Uh, this is a Canadian guy that we could get on the cheap in the draft. We're high enough in the position. He's right there, and we didn't take him. Um, I don't think we're seeing him in a TFC kit. I think his next stop is Europe. Uh, he's possibly too good for MLS. And, you know, uh, our own goalkeepers got 33% of the vote. So, uh, you know, I'm an agent of chaos. So so there I am uh, doing my doing my work again. Um Jordi Petrovic uh, got 18% of the vote, which is understandable. He yeah. had a lights out season this year for New England. Mm-hmm. And then the the only one that was uh, that even came close to Dane or or Jordi was Sean Johnson. Um, you know, which is interesting because Sean Johnson, Bill Hamid got one vote, so he had one percent. Uh, Tristan Henry, you didn't even vote for, <laughs> so it had zero. It had zero percent of the vote. Um, yeah. You know, Sean Johnson's still playing football. Uh, NYCFC are into the conference finals. Um, yeah, he's a free agent, but I don't think we're even going to get a sniff at trying to well, get him. I wouldn't. I I don't. I don't see. I don't see NYCFC not giving him a giant bag of money to. I can't see them giving. I can't see them making him a DP. So, I mean, how much of a bag of money can you possibly give him if you're not going to make him a DP? Right? There's only Max Tam. Uh, well then, I, we'll, again, we have, have no chance in hell. Yeah, we'll have Pardon? money for that. It's possible. We but have we're money. not making him a DP either. If there, if NYC FC is offering him uh, Tam, Max Tam, and so are we, why would he come to us? He might you know like the I'm project. Saying? He might like the opportunity to play with Bernadeschi and Insigne. You know, he might see what the club's trying to build from a long term perspective, and he's a key part of. He's going to be a massive part of that. Um, you know, that that might be and look, we'll see how far NYCFC go. Uh, the reigning cup champions, they yeah. may get to the next round if they beat Philadelphia and they get to a cup final again. Maybe he says, like, look, I've done everything here at NYCFC. They revolve coaches every single season. Um, so we don't have a stadium. Long, yeah, exactly. They don't have mm-hmm. a stadium. Like he there's a Thanks, lot of Graham. reasons. Good show, Graham. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of reasons for him to potentially leave NYCFC. Um, especially if he gets the bag here and and you know and is in part of building a, a new project here at TFC. And he's still a relatively young goalkeeper. I know he's in his. I think. I think that's three. rose. I think that's rose-colored glasses. Look, I, probably, probably. Yeah, I mean, they like say that you're not yeah. going to have a shot at him. No, I think they have a shot. Will it happen? I don't know, but I think they I think they have a shot if they if they offer him a DP slot. But I don't think that's happening. So you know, then then you're competing with every other. Uh, uh, you're competing with every other club in MLS <clears throat> and you're competing with clubs in Europe. Uh, not necessarily the giant clubs, but I'm sure he'll get a few sniffs here and there. Um, I, I, I maintain that the smart play here <clears throat> is going after a second string keeper, maybe even in the top five leagues, flexing our muscle that way, offering them a max TAM contract, <clears throat> excuse me, 
1.6 million dollars and seeing what we can shake out of that tree um moving on the maxi arudi award for most underrated tfc player <coughs> got a frog in my throat uh i voted ja- uh marshall ruddy and i had to add in coveted by europe relegated to bench duty here but your shout is really interesting and i'd like you to explain it yeah, so I uh, went with Shane O'Neill. Um, look, this is a guy that when they were signed, I don't think they had any plans. And Bob Bradley says at the end of the year, right? There was no plans for Shane O'Neill to play as many minutes as he ended up playing and essentially becoming a starting center back on the team. Um, <coughs> the fact that he was able to come in and look, partly because the guys around him were not playing well. Um, but also the fact that he was able to be a be a somewhat steadying presence until a couple of injuries down the down the end of the the season kind of curtailed his form a bit. But I thought he was pretty underrated and and not uh, and, and obviously it's kind of one of those things where if he's playing and the less you hear about him, probably the better uh, yeah. in terms of in terms of that. So that that was my shout in terms of underrated player. And it's a fair shout, but the winner, um, and interestingly enough, it, it, the vote's very split. But with 27% and the win, it's Jacob Straffelberg, mm. um, which I can see as a pretty clear... I mean, this is a TFC fan blog, and, and TFC fandom is still pretty upset about that move. Um, yeah. uh, let's but, not I mean, let's not debate. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going Yeah, it is, yeah. it is what it is. But Jacob Schaffelberg, uh, pleased to award you the Maxi Arudi Award. Most underrated TFC player for what's probably your last season with the Reds, 2022. Good for him. Uh, he goes to Nashville, gets playing time, gets a play in his winger position, which he was not going to Exactly. Play. Exactly. Here comes the all the inverse, the all for me award for the most overrated TFC player. Uh, you said Quentin Westberg, which I think is really, really interesting. So I'd like I'd like to give you the seed the floor to you to explain that show. Yeah, simply put, um, Quinton Westberg, look, as, again, fantastic person, he had a really great run in the second half of 2019 and 2020, and then that was about it, right? Like, but, mm-hmm. and again, this just, this more speaks to our, just our overall goalkeeping situation than necessarily Quinton Westberg directly himself, yeah, yeah. Um, in a sense that, you know, Alex Bono had a bad run. Everyone's like, Quinton Westberg's the answer. I'm like, this is this is answer. what I thought. He's this is why answer. I thought you said no one's the yeah, answer yeah. right now. They're both yeah. not the answer, right? Like, but at yeah. the end of the day, I feel like that shout happens so many times. It's kind of like so like, often. It's not. Yeah. It's not. And to be perfectly honest with Alex Bono and Quinton Westberg, all of it does not fall on them. A lot of no. this falls on your defenders. But I, I figured, I figured your your award was based on that. That every time Bones had a howler. People were like, well, Westberg would have saved that. And it got like, exhausting after a while. No. It's like, and then he put him in and he had a howler. And, and it's like, well, you know, it's because he hasn't had enough minutes. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's exactly as it looks. And it's that they're just both fell off a cliff and, and unfortunately were incapable of doing basic goalkeeper things. So I figured that was why your shot, your shot was there. Um, Yvonne is bringing up Daniel Henry. And it's interesting because once again, no one that works at WTR mentioned Daniel Henry, which because I can no accept one had as real expense. Expect, what, what did you really expectation? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to be and, the fourth center back, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then we didn't get any flack other than Yvonne right now uh, with respect to not including him there. Um, 
there was only two picks for Jesus Jimenez. I think I win, and I'm pretty sure I did win this one because my pick was, and I'll, I'll read it verbatim, LOL, how quick we forget the strange adventures of Carlos Salcedo as our CBDP Prepperage Farm remembers. Uh, you know, and that one, uh, uh, Salcedo with 28% of the vote. So, you know, not a lot of people saw through your your Quentin Restberg uh, 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 intrigue. Uh, it was only one vote. I was right up there with 20%. Uh, Jesus Jimenez, nine. Michael Bradley, of course, gets 13% because there are a certain contingent of TFC There's fans that are going to hate on Bradley for for uh, every reason. Shaquille and Jaden uh, with 11 and 18 apiece. Um, I don't know if we need to go into any lurid detail about why Salcedo was my pick. And I think we all know that, that there are reasons that weren't uh, specific to the pitch as to why he left. I actually applaud the move. Um, you know, when people were screaming bloody murder, when we did the swap of, uh, of, of, you know, twinkle toes, mixed step over and, uh, and Salcedo, um, you know, people were lamenting that we had to give up a DP spot to a center back. And I was, was saying right this idea. guy, it was, this is the right idea. This guy checks off all the boxes. And in addition, gets Salcedo out the door as quick as possible. Um, so that's why he was most overrated for me because, it, you know, he came with such plaudits and what we saw, despite all the external stuff, wasn't even a 10th of, of, of that player's ability. But I would, so, I would, I would classify that in the same way I classify Quentin Westberg. Like, yes, he had some howlers and, and for sure the red cards became a bit of a problem. Um, huge but, problem. But, but all of that, it was not on him. A lot of the times he ended up being exposed by, you know, bad, bad turnovers in the midfield. And, and, and I, I agree with you, but, but my line for personal responsibility versus collective responsibility is a little bit different with a player of his pedigree. He is supposed to make the other players around him better, Fair. you know, uh, as a veteran presence like that. I mean, that is a reason that you give a DP slot to somebody on defense and that was another reason why I applauded the move. I, I was like, we're going in half-baked to this season. You know, we're guys like Shane O'Neill, Luca McNaught, these guys are going to see a lot more minutes than they should have, you know, knowing full well that Mavinga has an injury history even before this campaign started. Uh, and so the expectation was, you know, maybe the converting every single young guy we have to a modern attacking fullback might be less painful because we have this steadying hand at the back. And there was no steadying hand at the Right. So so my 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 margin for somebody like uh, like a McNaughton, you know, getting found out and exposed is very, very different than a Salcedo who's supposed to have enough skill and enough uh, tactical noose to maybe insulate from looking that uh, that completely exposed didn't happen. So that's why he wins for me. And, and it looks like 28 percent of uh, WTR readers agree with me. So Carlos Salcedo. Uh, you get the All For Me Award for Most Overrated TFC Player of the 2022 campaign. Uh, coming up is uh, one that I really, really like um, because it speaks to the uh, collected IQ of the WTR readership. And of course, it's the Torsten Frings Award for Best Player Playing in an Unnatural Position. It also allows for some snark. Uh, obviously, the first answer was Alex Bono, which is snarky as hell. Um I wrote Jaden Nelson, and I think it's—I've uh, said it 
Uh, I said it over the spaces I did. I've said it over the last three weeks as we do postmortems. He's the by leaps and bounds the most impressive of the kids for me. Yeah. Um, he found a spot in the midfield uh, as a Swiss Army knife kind of position. This is a guy who's a natural winger. It's not easy to move into the midfield and create confident uh, create chemistry with other wingers when you want to be doing their things. Oftentimes, you know, if you fall into habit, you'll be insane is like really really bad shadow over there right like not give you're taking up space so so watching watching him work and watching him sort of absorb you know what we wanted our kids to do absorb all of that knowledge and all of that intelligence um to me there was no other there was nobody else came close um, you wrote any of the kids which i take issue with <laughs> but you but i'll go cosy here um you know yeah again <laughs> i i think i realized that short socks and knee equals like some kind of like sort of like gut reaction <laughs> no don't like the player yeah. but but any of the kids mike any of the kids uh well i mean look, a lot of them playing a lot of them were playing in unnatural positions man um true, and, and, true. And i guess yeah yeah, yeah okay it's hard okay to, that's it's fair. hard for me it's hard to be like well you know you didn't really show us anything when in fact a lot of them did improve in ways um mm. but obviously not enough to really stand out as somebody that you're like okay we don't need to go in the off season and find a veteran guy yeah. to fill that role right yeah, yeah, not yeah. Enough. maybe only Jaden, okay. um and even then he's coming off the bench probably next season um i Fair. went with kosi as my overall pick just because i thought he progressed as a right back and i mean when they say progress I'm not talking about beating out Richie Larea for the top job. I mean, progress in the sense that by the time that he lost his position at right back, because obviously you signed Richie Larea, he's not going to play minutes yeah. regularly. Yeah. Um, I thought that he had started to turn the corner a little bit in terms of becoming more positionally aware defensively. I think he had mm-hmm. a lot to offer. So going forward in terms of, or a lot to work on going forward from an attacking sense as a right back. Yeah. But um, those defensive things, like he got in battles and won, he won tackles. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what you need to ask out of a right back. Yeah. Time. Fair. Uh, obviously, Jaden Nelson wins 30% of the vote. Jaden Nelson, congratulations for Torsten Fring's award for best player playing in a natural position. Goes to you. Uh, moving on, another surprise the Hey Mr. Mr. Award for Newcomer of the Year. Uh, it is. <laughs> almost a sweep almost a sweep uh and that was only because thomas uh got cheeky and went for crescido it's bernadeschi again yes. and i think we've said enough about this um this man really steamrolled all other comers in a year that wasn't expected he was expected to be the second fiddle to el magnifico and it's very much the opposite um, you know, one one of these days when we have uh, a, a slower news day during the off season, I think we should discuss this in some real lurid detail as to what it is. Um, I don't think we're going to come up with a better answer than you did. It, it is about language barrier. It's about personality. It's about the expectation of cost outlay. And um, it could be a good thing for the club. And and we may find that out next year that that Lorenzo works better with less fanfare and Bernadeschi just loves the spotlight and and. You know, and, and there it is. But uh, Bernadeschi, Federico, come on. You win the Hey Mr. Mr. Award for Newcomer of the Year. Well done. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the next the next award, 
I don't I don't think there's been a year that we've done this where where he hasn't won in a sweep. It's the Downsview to Downtown Award for Best Canadian Player. It's Jonathan Osorio with 100% of the vote. Uh, there was no other option. Everybody that works at WTR uh, made that made that pick. Uh, not a surprise. Um, I mean, eventually we might have to call. As much as I love the Downsview to Downtown Award name because it's beautifully alliterative, and uh, you know, I, I loved coming up with it. We may eventually have to rename this the Jonathan Osorio Award, just yeah. simply because it's his to lose every year, and he didn't lose it this year. Best player on the pitch for us. Um, and then when he wasn't there, we really missed him. Yeah. Uh, and you can't say enough about this guy. And I am horrified what happens in the off season because I want this guy to do a, have an amazing World Cup, but I know that means he's he's gone. He's vapor. Um, someone's going to take a flyer on him in Europe. And this is what he wants to do, and we can't stand in the way. So, as you know, this may be the last year that that he's even able to be nominated for this award. And uh, congratulations are in order, Jonathan Osorio. Well deserved. The Downsview to Downtown Award for Best Canadian Player goes to you. Before we mm-hmm. move on, really quickly, um, I really hope that the club are able to, if he does go, right? If he stays, incredible. But if he does go, I hope that they give the fans an opportunity to really say goodbye to him because I thought you were going to say a sell-on clause. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. like, um, it just obviously because of injury, we just didn't get to see him um, and and potentially say goodbye. Um, so if he if he does, just hopefully we get an opportunity to do that because you. Really, I can't. I can't see that not really happening. Deserve it. Yeah, he. Would yeah, I mean, it. it it may not happen instantaneously, but you know, who know who knows? He may stay in. Qatar and, and move directly from there to his, his next location. Who, who the hell knows? Um, Trillium cup award for best rivalry, <laughs> uh, was just a lot of, uh, really interesting snarky, snarky little bits of snark. Um, I'm going to give this to Chris Fung for Bob Bradley versus the squad he inherited. Um, <laughs> because I do think that that's the story of our season. Um, and I do think that he was the arbiter of the squad he inherited. So there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack in that little bit of snark. Um, but I do think that it's, it's the best one there, uh, you know, and, and, and the less we say, because it doesn't deserve a huge discussion. It's just a, it's a bit of snark, you know, this, this used to deserve better, but since TFC have been their own worst enemy, it's, it's been an opportunity for us to get our, our most, uh, our most hot takes. A couple extra kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a few extra kicks in Um, the Medellin's massacre award for worst game. Um, you know, there's some good shot shouts here. Uh, You, you already, you already gave us a lot of details on how the two nil loss to Chicago in July was, was your pick. Um, the winner, strangely enough, was a game we haven't discussed yet, which was the four nil drubbing by Orlando city, uh, mid to end September. And, uh, I think the best write off uh for that one nobody really nobody really went into any detail um but well, uh yeah yeah i think it's just like it, 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 it felt like a, a, the nature of the capitulation like it, yeah, that's, it really did I think the biggest, that's the biggest thing it just felt like everybody gave up once the first goal went in yeah. and it just yeah it really into, did uh, it turned into a nightmare after that yeah, it really did. It it was it was a it was a heartbreaker, and and it wins with actually it's a tie. Uh, the four three loss to CF Montreal at the beginning of September 
uh, got the same amount I of votes. I thought that would be the winner, to be honest. Yeah, I thought that was going to yeah. be the winner, um, especially when you're two nil up in ten minutes, right? And give it and to just yeah. give it all away. That might be that might be the winner for me. Uh, but again, the four nil drubbing, we were never ever in it. We were never ever in it. So it, it's a fair it's a fair tie, I think. They are both horrifically bad games. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, yeah. But again, yeah. I, I will. I'll give another shout just to the Chicago game because. Mm. They were bottom of the East, like bottom yep. of the East. And we were mm. never in that game. Never Not in it. One never moment in it. were we ever in that game. And that's, again, like I said, that's the moment where you're like, oh, man, this yeah, is yeah. worse than I actually thought. Yeah, 7% of the vote. So some people agreed with you. Um, I don't think there's going to be any dissension here. The Miracle in Montreal Award for best game, Charlotte FC. I don't think we played a better game all season. I mean, that was vibes and a half, right? Like Michael no. Bradley, striker Michael Bradley. We get our Italians playing. Uh, you know, that was that was the proper. That was as close to the to the to the top of the line. Best eleven TFC fielded all year. Uh, everything about it was magic, and and I don't think they're the second best game of the year co- comes even close to the Charlotte FC game. So, rightly, it wins with. Uh, with 73% of the vote. It's interesting the game uh, where we won the 2020 Can Champ didn't even get a single shout. I think a lot of people don't view that as a legit game. Well, I know, I know. Soccer was I played. The trophy was awarded. Yeah. Um, people did not yeah. feel like it was a legitimate game or a legitimate cup. It was. Um, of course it was. And look, and look, and in the end of the day, it's not your best game simply because, let's be real, Forge probably should have won. Um, mm-hmm. but in, in the end of the day, uh, they didn't. Um, and I get, and, and look, Charlotte makes complete sense. Like you said, vibes and a half mm-hmm. in that game, right? Yeah, I could feel vibes. watching it. Pure awesome. vibes. Yeah. 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 Pure vibes. Um, and we're get we're rounding into the last two, which, uh, we don't allow votes on. So we get to choose, uh, the Tom Anselmi award for best front office achie- uh, achievement. Uh, generally speaking, it's, it's signing the Italians. Uh, we've got a shout for uh, Richie bringing him back on loan. We've got a shout that I agree with for getting Sateldo off the books. Uh, I wrote a really long answer. I say, honestly, for me, it's a tie between playing the kids, right or wrong, warts and all, playing the kids, and getting Paws off the books, pulling the trigger on Paws, maybe to our loss, but being brutal about it. Uh, when when we realized it wasn't working, and 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 I'll add to that, it being a harb in both cases being a harbinger of who we hired as our sporting director slash gaffer. Um, I saw those as signs of positivity of the Bob Bradley tenure. Right, like things are not. We are not going to have hanging variables anymore with the kids coming into the season, birth by necessity, but certainly you know uh, necessity is the mother of all invention, and then. With Pozuelo, just this ain't working. You know, if, if he's got a destination, let, let's grease the wheels and get it done so that we, we don't have to burden ourselves with this anymore. Um, but I think the winner is is signing the Italians, despite. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it completely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the last award uh, is the All for One More Dollar Award, which is the worst front office achievement. And I think we can go into a bit more detail here. Uh, starting the season without any natural wingbacks, not replacing several outgoing players. No wingbacks had such a negative cascading effect through the lineup, playing most of our academy players out of position and expecting better results. Maybe going a little overboard on the whole cleaning out things, 
there were tumbleweeds in the locker room at the start of the campaign. No wingbacks, playing the kids out of position, not having a third DP, uh, signing a DP center back. Uh, and then you starting uh, Jaquil Marshall Reddy at right wing back and not a winger early in the season when you have Caden Chong. Not saying Caden would have been an all-star, but he would have been all right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And look, I think a lot of, there's a lot of commonalities here in terms of a lot of these, a lot of these issues that are being chosen connect with each other in some way, mm-hmm. right? It, it goes from not having natural wing backs. Well, that's because you gutted the roster the way you gutted yeah. the roster, right? But and again, again, I, yeah, I just, I, the, the, you know, starting the season without any natural wing backs suggests, you know, we had a choice in the matter, right? No, you don't, didn't. You don't want uh, uh, RO back if he's half-assing it in training. You know, simple as. I don't care if it's costing you $5 and a Presto card, right? You don't want that player back. Uh, same thing with Kamar Lawrence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, not replacing several outgoing players, I think, is too binary for me, right? It's too knee-jerk for me because it suggests that you had these guys lining up at the pay window or, you know, line, coming into BMO training. Let's go when the reality was they weren't even there and someone had to call them eight times and leave 18 voice messages like uh did you get the dates wrong today's the the first day of camp you know so i i i eliminate a lot of those um playing our academy players out of position and expecting better results i think is a fair shout i do um but that's again necessity and also i can i i would be willing to sit on the opposite side of that argument and saying this is Bob Bradley going. Eventually, their spots are taken. So who do we have that we can slot in for squad roles once we get the ball rolling on this actual project? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so it's a I can. Both, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A I mean, why like... why blood a left winger when you've got Lorenzo Insigne coming in the summer? You know what I mean? That just seems like a lot of wasted energy. Certainly, oh. again, I, I could sit on both sides of the table here. I agree with you. It means you have a hole at left wing that everybody exploits for the first half of the season, which is what we saw. So what do you do? Yeah, you know I what think, I mean? Yeah, I know. I hear you. and I, I, But I, yeah. I do think this is partly by design, right? I, I do think they realized that they were not going to be like top of the table competitive to start the season. I, sure. I don't think what they realized was that they were going to be near the bottom by the time the, the mm-hmm. reinforcements arrived in July. But... Uh, do I think it was a waste or that it was a bad idea to play the young I don't. players? No, I don't think it Absolutely was. Absolutely not. I, again, to your point, a few awards earlier, right? You got to figure out who's going to stay and who's going to go, right? now. You For know. better or worse, warts and all. For better or worse, you know. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know Listen. And you know who you're moving on. We spent $14 million a year on Lorenzo Insigne. He is our starting left winger. So even if one of the kids had turned into a superstar starting left winger, that would have been a totally different box of trouble right because where are you going to play them you're looking for utility guys in the and and that's not necessarily fair to the academy kids but again i don't know if this is this is exclusive to tfc you're coming through the academy at bayern you may not be play your natural position right you're playing you may you may be blooded in in a position of need that's just the way football works right yeah so i can i can discount most of this um i think the worst front office achievement out of you know, if I had to choose out of out of this, I would go with you. You have Caden Chung. He's 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 a championship caliber player at the CPL. You've got Jaquil Marshall Ruddy. 
you know, who's a converted attacking fullback. Obviously, there's interest from the Arsenals and the Liverpools that he trained with who have designs on playing him in that position. Um, so, yeah, starting the season off with him, fine. Realizing that it's not working in an MLS in an MLS context, realizing that it's not working in this campaign in MLS 2022. I think that's a bad move by the front office because they're looking at his sticker price and saying, no, let's just let the kid figure it out instead of looking at the performances on the field and going, not working. We've got a plug and play option or at least somebody else where it's their natural position. You know, why don't we switch gears a little bit? Right. Like you were saying, they looked at being not competitive the first season, but that extended in weirdo permutations where it's like, well, why not keep JMR out there so that maybe his value for the sell-on to the Arsenals and the Liverpools, as opposed to trying not to dig a huge golf for ourselves, right? It suggests that lost season was on everybody's radar, not just the, the, the tacticians, right? It was on everybody's radar. Yeah, I, look, I, I think there's two things here. One, Caden Chung got hurt, so I'm the, I do have sure. to admit that he got hurt yeah, for yeah. a bit, but also... Absolutely. And I think that's that. I think that put him back a bit. I, I think mm. that, that put back his progression uh, a little bit. And I think Bob spoke to that in the end of season yep. press conference, right? So, you know, from that perspective, you you got to keep that in mind. But I would say that once Caden got healthy, like the minutes he played at the beginning of the season, again, not going to be an all star, you mm-hmm. know. But if you got again, as I know, a lot of people got into this whole. Thing about Sam Skashkol and his tweet about how much TFC spent on the left and right back positions. If you got a player that can do the job and do it at a reasonable price at that time, just keep playing that guy, right? Yeah, like, and, yeah. And, yeah, he's going to make mistakes here and there, but you know that's somebody who is natural to that role. And I think you get more value out of Jaden Nelson playing him a little bit further. The whole price tag to Europe and twenty million dollars. Look. I don't think Bob. I don't think Bill Manning should have said anything about that. I don't think he should. No, have no. That up at all. I think it was a self-defeating yeah, prophecy. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it, yeah. Just, it just ended up getting way more attention than it actually should have deserved. Sure, somebody probably put that valuation out there. It means nothing. Right it means now. nothing. People put valuations out all the time. For Jaden, you you were mm-hmm. not getting twenty million dollars for Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy. That was not not right now. No, no, no. I don't no. think it was happening back then. I don't think you're getting twenty. Well, we'll never know. We'll never know. So yeah, let let's give it to to that. Although you know, Chris Fung, who we'll have to have back on again, he's he's given yeah. us a bit of a scroller. I'm going to save that because I want Chris Fung on for a special uh, post mortem uh, uh, TFC. Uh, talk and I'm sure we'll bring up the kids you know he's of the he's of the position that it wasn't he's you know he's of the mind it wasn't even just playing out of position they were learning they were learning the rules of positional play at the same time sure which to me suggests what is TFC2 for if they're coming in and they're that fresh then what the hell are they doing in the academy and TFC2 there's a different level between TFC2 and the senior team but but that's but that's not I agree I agree, but that's not what Chris is saying in his scroller here, which is why I want to give him the opportunity okay. to defend that position when we bring him on later. So, Chris, we'll be back on. That was already decided long, long ago. Um, yeah, let's close up the awards, and we've obviously gone late, so let's just yeah. So, just one through. thing we'll, we'll keep mm-hmm. we'll keep the grading for uh, Bill and Bob to the next show. Um, okay, we'll get same yeah, we'll show. The, yeah, 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 we'll do that for yeah, next. We'll do yeah. that for the next show. I really Sounds want to get good. into Sounds this really good. quick as sort of an ender to the podcast. Yeah, let's here. do it. Let's but, do it. Um, this social media banter thing. 
uh, that got brought up. Obviously, as a lot of you know, uh, ha ha ha, Montreal uh, had lost yesterday against NYCFC and have been eliminated from the playoffs. 3-1 defeat at home. Um, Toronto FC, uh, the, the social gods, Giacometti, uh, ended up uh, putting a little something out there. Um, look, there was no text to it, but you know what it was about. Mm-hmm. Sam Stachko, who's a writer for The Athletic and, and quite knowledgeable in MLS, uh, tweeted out, TFC spent at least 3x what Montreal did on players, finished 31 points behind them, and didn't sniff the playoffs, and still uh, and still talks gifts. Uh, it's gift shit when Montreal loses in the second round of the postseason. He kind of loves it, but he also thinks it's ridiculous. So I want to put this out to you and to the TFC live fandom. Are you feeling this? Or you think it's kind of weak in terms All of... All is fair in love and war. All is fair in love and war. Absolutely. I mean, as long as you're aware that this is whiteboard material for a team that's going to be up to get you anytime they play... I mean, in terms of a, of a risk-reward, Montreal is always going to try and destroy us, uh, 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 you know, anytime we face them. It's a, it's a derby. Of course you're going to troll. Absolutely. Um, you know, I would be upset if they didn't troll. That's just how it works. Uh, you know, banter and soccer is a very wonderful relationship that I think people, when they approach the game, realize, uh, you know, it's different here in soccer football than it is in other North American sports and most other sports internationally banter plays a big part of the experience of, of soccer fandom and, and, and the game itself. I think this is perfectly illegal. And I think, you know, you, you quote tweet something on social media, you're doing it to sort of join the wave of interest, right? Whether you're saying this is garbage or it's the greatest thing in the world, you, there's an ulterior, there's an ulterior motive, right? You're spreading, you're dissenting it to all of your people for them to dissent it to all of their people, you know, and he even says it so much himself. I kind of love it, but it's ridiculous. One, 90% of Twitter is ridiculous, right? I mean, we're there all the time. It's mostly ridiculous. It's, it's, it's whoever shouts loudest on, on the biggest soapbox. Um, this is great. Who cares? Yeah, you know what fun. I mean? It's Who fun. cares? The fact that the fact that TFC does it, knowing full well that the, a lot of the responses will be "man, man, man, man," three times the 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 wage bill, "man, man," no playoffs, and we did it anyway. I mean, that's that's banter, right? Oh, Bring banter, it on, Montreal. Banter transcends you know? places in the table. It transcends, it transcends all logic. Transcends, it transcends all logic. It doesn't if matter. Somebody, if somebody matter. gives you the opportunity, you know, if somebody sets up that t-ball, boom, you got to go for it nine not a hundred out of a hundred times you know and it's not it isn't it isn't mean-spirited you know sometimes no. banter can cross into mean-spirited um, yeah we're just having a laugh at the expense of a team that this was their window right this was their window yeah. i mean as much as i as much as i've celebrated you know to a lot of people's chagrin on on the interwebs what wilford nancy and the and the montreal did this season this was their window they're losing their talisman. They're losing Wanyama, who finally came into form after a few years of, of on and off form. Their roster is going to get shredded. Um, this was the window. This was it. This was their chance. Yeah, it will look be a very damn right. Game. We're gonna damn right. We're gonna jump in with the banter after they they fizzle out. Damn right. And and I still appreciate what they did this season. I still think they had a hell of a season. Um, and you know, hopefully, uh, they treat 
you know, I just wish it wasn't us dealing the death blow because we still need revenge for that three nothing festival of Didier Drogba the first year we made the playoffs, right? Um, let's you know the only now that I've thought about it, if if I was to respond perfectly, you know, the jerk store called and they're out of you. If I was to the perfect George <laughs> Costanza retort, I would say this team ended our first playoff run with a three nil defeat. There is, you know, all bets are off until we get to do that to them. Yeah. All bets are off. Yeah, we will look, celebrate it, them crashing out of the playoffs with year, bells on. Time. Pun fully intended. Chat yeah. last week, right? Pun fully intended. That doesn't mean I don't respect what they did this year. I, I'm I'm a big enough fan of soccer and and the Canadian national team to respect and good coaching, you know, and a, and a team being turned around from from bottom dwellers, right? We want the same thing to happen to us. Um, but damn right, damn right, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon of, of giving them crap when 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 it doesn't go well for them. Yeah, that's that's fandom. Yeah, I'll, I'll number one rival. You're talking yeah. about that three nil in Montreal. I was there. I was at Stade yeah. Saputo that night. Sucked. That. It absolutely sucked. sucked. It absolutely sucked. sucked. It, it was sucked. horrific. It sucked, that. Yeah. it sucked afterwards when fans yeah, jumped yeah. in the grass in the dark. Trust me, uh, I have. I will celebrate this tweet. I will raise it on a pedestal. And mm-hmm. I will, I'll lift it to the social media gods. It yeah, is perfect. Yeah. It is perfect because, yes, you finished 31 points ahead of us. Yes, you got to a conference semifinal. But you know what you don't have? You don't have a star on your crest. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan mm-hmm. Osorio. So aptly said. said here, in a vi- I've never seen an interview in a darker BMO. Like, they didn't even yeah. let the house lights on for TV uh, to, <laughs> to interview him. Like, just empty seats and, like, shadow everywhere like exactly. and he WTR, just walks off it's one of w, one of my WTR, favorite yeah tweeted the yeah. best response one of my favorite you don't have the star you know you still don't have the star yeah. forever in the shadow good night yeah good luck, yeah we'll discuss know? it later you know you know what else i love about this um it there's still fun going on at tfc offices right this communicates that they haven't that you know it isn't scorched earth over there and they're still allowing themselves to you know be muckrakers you know especially considering you know what's been going on with Mavinga, like the season that we've had right they haven't closed up shop they're still willing to be irreverent that's awesome news you know like they're still going to go for the cheap shot which is absolutely. perfect absolutely fine with absolutely me. completely fine with me all right mm-hmm. let's wrap it up for this episode of toronto till i die thank you mm-hmm. everybody again for listening whether you're live whether you're listening to some podcast version uh, we really appreciate it. We will be back next week with another episode. Uh, Absolutely. Continue with those reviews and uh, those likes on uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They're really helping. We really appreciate it. Um, and that's it. So for Jeffrey P. Nesker, I'm Mike Newell. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Cheers, everybody. Oh, man. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> and wait. And wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die.